Welcome to this week in sparkling water. My name is Iwakim. I'm the host of this week in sparkling water. This week we have a guest. It's Madison. How are you? Hello. I'm, Hello. I'm doing okay. How are you? I'm good. So, first, I haven't prepared anything at all, and I think we're both really tired. So, the pattern I always find in these episodes with guests is like, I ask a question, and then there's like a response in real time, and then I fall, ask like a follow-up question, and then we talk about it for a while, and then, like... Eight minutes after I ask the question, like a really good answer to the original question appears. Mm. And then it's like really natural to just edit out exactly eight minutes. And then people seem way smarter. Because then like this really sort of interesting answer shows up. But so I really think that I'm going to edit out the first 20 minutes of this. Great. Which is... Um, I think you're just saying that to make me feel better, right? No, but it creates this interesting liminal space of like speaking into a microphone and feeling like this probably isn't going to make the cut, mm. which is a weird like Schrodinger in between. Yeah. Do you keep a folder with all the stuff you cut in the first 20 minutes? I mean, I keep all the versions of all the files. Mm. Yeah. They're in a Dropbox for some sure. juicy stuff in there. No, huh? no. There's some dry stuff in there. Okay. There's some opposite of juicy stuff in there. Got it. But so. Yeah. The first 20 minutes are just, can I'm just going to edit them out anyway. <laughs> okay. And that's making me feel calm. So um, I didn't have a, you asked me for a lozenge and I didn't have a lozenge. It's such a weird word. Is, am I saying it wrong? Lozenge. And so maybe we should start with the water just because we're both parched. I would love to start with the water. Yeah. You really have nothing prepared today? No. Nothing at all. That shocks me. Why? I don't know. I thought you would have like, you'd have a little controversial list of questions. No, no, that's mean. That sounds mean. Hmm. Like controversial, that sounds like I'm trying to... <sighs> hmm. No, but you told me you're a little bit nervous, and it's like nervous is good, though, because I don't think that there's anything we know that we can teach people. Like, there's no knowledge we can impart. Hmm. But so the only thing we can offer our five listeners is like just a little bit of human tension. Hmm. Well, one thing that I did prepare really well for this episode is the water. I'm so some, excited to hear about it. I have some real... <laughs> What, uh, how did you learn to be so positive and supportive with people? Wow, what a question. It's like how you just were in that moment. Like, how did you learn how to have your knee-jerk reaction be positivity and support? My Waldorf upbringing. <laughs> did you actually go to anything Waldorfy? Yeah. Tell me about that. What does that you don't fucking know about mean? That, that like, I, what does that mean? I went from kindergarten to... Um, almost eighth grade with Waldorf. Education. Did your mom tell me about that once? Yeah, that was Waldorf. Yep, that was Waldorf. I feel like there was some other label put on it in that conversation, but okay. Mm -mm. Did you tell your mom that you're going to be on the podcast? I did. <laughs> what, did <laughs> what did she think? She thought it was a bad idea. 
she did say she was going to email you because she was so mad at you. Oh. Really? Mm-hmm. And I said, no, don't send any emails because I didn't want you to cry. Oh, no. She was going to email me something mean. She was probably going to say, like, hey, stop talking to my daughter. Stop talking to my daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. You're making Maddie cry. Um, Is that true? Not answering that. What? <laughs> I need some plausible deniability here about my emotions. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I may that's or may good. not have cried. Okay. So we were dating for a little bit and then and then we broke up. How long were we dating for? I don't uh like almost three months, mm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Have you and then okay. What? I don't know. And then there was like a little bit of like we weren't dating and you mm. said we were friends. Mm-hmm. And then we were sort of not friends mm-hmm. for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And now we're friends again. Mm. Right? Yeah. What do you mean we're not friends? Like, were we enemies? <laughs> or? Yeah. Actively enemies. No. Yeah. No, you mean the other way. Like. Right. There was a little bit of. A little bit of what? Canoodling. Mm. Yeah. Corralling. <laughs> Corralling is a word that. Restaurant managers always use when, like, there's a bunch of employees just standing around in a group talking to each other instead of working. Mm, mm-hmm. It's like corralling. That's what you feel like we were doing. Standing around, not working. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so let's drink a water. Okay, great. Um, so we're doing blood orange. And I have three really, really great blood orange waters. Did you remember that I love blood orange? Is that what happened? Or is this purely a selfish choice of waters? Well, I mean, interesting, interesting question. I feel like if someone tells me something about themselves like that, and I just agree with it too much, it's not something I can remember as a trait in them as much as I just remember it as them being correct. Mm, mm -hmm, You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is just like sort of like a lack of disagreement. Okay. Because blood orange is just like objectively part the, good, part of the top three, right? And I don't know. Mmm, hops. Yeah, if you don't like it, you smell it. Mmm, that smells really good. What does that smell like? Like you just opened up a blood orange, and it smells like it cider, cup. though. It's got a cideriness quality, doesn't it? Mmm. Okay, let's try it. There is something about the hop that reminds me of cardboard. <laughs> okay. Where, like, the hoppiness isn't all good. What do you think? I really like it. I wasn't – I was expecting the hop flavor to be stronger. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you've said this about the other hop waters, that you were thinking yeah. it would be more of a strong hop presence. Yep. But no, this is – I see the supporting role that this has, and I don't hate it. Yeah. What does it smell like? It smells like something else that's not hops and not blood orange. It smells like... Like perfume. Yeah. There's a like, floral note. Yes. It smells like flowers. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Did you see me all trying to smell it but missing my nose? Yeah. 
Fuck, it smells so good. It smells really good. It smells incredible. It, like, tastes pretty cool, but it smells yeah. so good. Okay, you have to give it a score. Oh, my gosh. I We almost forgot. I almost moved on. I wasn't going to let you. Um, I don't... I feel really worried about rating waters on this podcast. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because there have been times where I feel like you are going to be so much harsher on a water than you are. And then other times where we rate it so much lower than I would expect. Mm-hmm. It's just so unpredictable. And I don't know how my ra- rating is going to fit in that. But yeah, I guess I just got to, I got to pick a number, right? Yeah. Okay. I need one more taste. No, there's a lot of fear. But hey. God gives his silliest battles to his funniest clowns. Oh, did you come up with that? <laughs> no, I saw that on a meme today. I love that. That was so funny. <laughs> That's perfect for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. His silliest battles to his funniest clowns. Yeah. Mm. Um, I give that an 8.2 out of 10. 8.2. Wow. Yeah, I also give it an 8.2. Wow. It's delicious. It's actually elderflower that it's reminding me of. There we go. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Do you know that I'm not just making that up? Of course I know. It smells like elderflower. Yeah. Elderflower is like a hoppy blood orange. Say elderflower ten times fast. Fladder. Yeah, that's how you say it in Swedish. So, I don't know if I told you this. On Monday at work, I was like... um, I was sitting in the office and the phone rang and, and I pick it up and it's like some guy who's like, start, I, I just pick up the phone and I'm like, thank you for calling Holbrook. My name is Joachim. How can I help you? And then he immediately goes into like this thing of like, Joachim, how do you spell that? I like to really call people by their names. And we start out with like a solid 45 seconds just talking about my name and I'm already hating this, but you got to go with it. And then it just turned into a really long call of him wanting to stay over a long period where we didn't have a consecutive he he could stay with us for a week but he would have to move between rooms Oof. because it's like people have booked these specific rooms and it's just like we just don't have it but he was like adamant insistent yes yeah so it turns into a long phone call and people keep knocking on the office door being like there's people at the front desk that need to be checked in and there's no one else that can do it and I'm on the phone with a hotel person already. So I'm like, I'm sorry, you're going to have to tell me to wait. And new people keep knocking on the office door being like, so there's a bunch of people that want to get checked in. And then when you're having this call with someone who's like keeps complimenting the personalized nature of my style of service, it's so hard to fast track it. Because mm. then I'm like negating everything he's just complimented me for. Mm-hmm. So I just have to keep going with it. And he's telling me how he's looking to buy a house in the area. And I'm just like, no way. F- like the, the fast lane, you know? Yeah. It, there, it's He's shutting, shutting down all my off ramps. Oh, no. So the call is really long. Yeah. And four different people knock on the office door being like, hey, dude, there's so many people at the front desk that need to be checked in. And so eventually I get up there. And I'm talking to, I'm talking to the first guy and he's like, and my first question is, I was like, so what's the last name? And he's like, Erickson. And I'm like, ooh, that's my name. And then I'm looking at it and I'm checking him in and I'm explaining a couple of things. And then I ask for photo ID and he gives me his, a Swedish driver's license. No way. Did I, did I tell you about this no, already? No, you didn't. Yeah. And it's a motherfucking Swedish guy. What's he doing here? So his, it's a couple and they are from, I immediately just be like, tell them I'm from Skåne, which mm-hmm. is the southern part of Sweden, right? Mm-hmm. 
And then we just do the whole thing in Swedish. And it was so fucking weird. And I was clearly so excited because there's never Swedes. Yeah. And they were muted in how weirded out they were by having the whole, like having the whole service experience of me explaining everything about the hotel and having it all be in Swedish. It's like a very weird thing. Yeah. Um, they, and they weren't as into it as you were. They weren't as expressive about being really into it. Okay. And like all my coworkers, I like, came over and just looked at the whole process and thought it was so funny. Mm-hmm. And then. Funny. Yeah, they thought it was hilarious in a sort of like very, um, not exploitative, but like, what's the word? Yeah, in a way that made me feel alienated from them or something. Shocking. Yeah. <laughs> That's so annoying. You're so annoying. Uh, what? So I was annoying. being so sincere. No. You thought I was being sarcastic when I no, said that? No, I thought you were being like... That's what you always say. That's what I that always you feel say, right? No, you don't always say that. You think you always feel alienated and that you say that? I feel like my whole stupid, annoying thing that no one is interested in anymore is about how, like, I have some sort of issue with just, like, be- a sense of belonging or whatever, and that I can find a sense of alienation in anything. Oh, can't we all, though? I feel like... yeah. You are a great case study for that. And it's like, it's very, it's very very cool. No. Okay. Okay, So your coworkers were laughing at you. That's a very charitable way of hearing what I'm saying. And I appreciate that. Thank you. I'm sure that's because you went to an all women's college. Right. And you learned. Women and non-binary undergraduate. Yeah. School. A non-men. Non-men. There we go. A men-free zone. (laughs) Men-free Wish I could go back. Oh, so sick of them. Yeah. Can't live with them. Can't live with them. Yep. Yeah. So I'm checking in these Swedes and they had a daughter that just got married in Lodi. And then you got to really fight the urge to be like, wow, that's a. To that's sing r- the Credence Clearwater Revival song. Oh, no, I don't know that. Lodi. Okay. Never mind. I'm sorry. No, my instinct is more like to not comment on how it's one of the multiple buttholes of <laughs> California. Okay. Like everything in the valley is like the Stocktons and the Bakerfield and the Chico and the... You made fun of me for saying that something in the valley yeah. was a butthole Yeah. when we- you went... Was it Sacramento? No. What was it? Napa Valley. Okay. <laughs> Napa Valley is... Not in the valley. It's its own valley. It's not in the central valley. And it's not a butthole of California. It's close enough. California. Napa Valley is so nice. Anyway. And everyone, I retract. Like, that's not even a hot take. I retract. Do you have a reason for hating Napa? Is um, there something there, like something childhood, maybe something with your mom? Okay, never mind. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. No. <laughs> There's nothing specific other than that I remember my parents and I, we went on this wine tour there Mm. when I was like, I was probably nine or 10 years old. Okay. And they took me with them because I was like the cool kid. Like they wanted to have me with them because I was like so fun to be around. Yeah. And they had a column and pitchfork. Right. Yeah. And I, I had a column and pitchfork. Exactly. Yeah. 
And so I was also sort of a buffer for them. I was like oh. the, you know. Mm. So on this wine tour, we're, we're going, we're looking at all these, you know, casks of wine. And mm-hmm. then we go into another room and the guy's like, yeah, and this used to be the sex dungeon who's given the tour. <sighs> and I just, I remember being terrified. Like I was so scared because there were shackles on the wall and yeah. they were like, it was like this whole scary thing. And okay, then stop, stop, that's stop, it. Stop, 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 stop. It was an actual wine tour of an actual winery. In a castle. Yeah, it In was a like castle. A, a castle winery. And there was an actual sex dungeon, or he was joking. I don't know if oh, it yeah, was you a were joke nine, or not. So, so it all the information we have is filtered through your nine year old. This brain. is true. Yeah. Yeah. So, but probably a real sex dungeon. Yeah. Why not? Probably. Yeah. yeah. So maybe mm. that's my bad memory of. Yeah. Of now, but that's kind of just silly. I haven't been back since then. Yeah. Oh, that's like me with. Every single country in Europe. What? It's like me with Italy and Spain. Are you bragging about being a traveler right now? Uh, you just bragged about going to Napa when you were a child. That's in the same state that we're in right now. Yeah, but it's like a three-hour drive. Okay, what the trauma you experienced? Like okay. just shitty experiences with my parents in Germany is a three-hour drive from my house. It's okay. the same thing. Oh wow! No. My parents not getting diverse, diversed, 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 <laughs> <laughs> the children of diverse parents, <laughs> the children of diverse parents. Okay. So how, how old were you when your parents got divorced? Like 12 or 13 or something. Yeah. 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 I was how, 13. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Parallel. Parallel. Interesting. I just mean like I have zero interest in ever going to Italy. Because I was a kid, and my parents, my dad refused to sleep because he had this, like, personality disorder-fueled paranoia about the mafia. Mm. We were sleeping in, like, a a Winnebago, and he refused to sleep because even though we're in a parking lot and we have nothing of value, he thought, like... The crime families of Italy were going to come after him or something. Wow. So he, like, stayed up all night. Is he a really paranoid guy? Yeah. 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 I think so. Do you think you're paranoid? I think I have a propensity for it. (sighs) I think so. paranoia has a 90% overlap with, like, an exaggerated sense of self. Hmm. Yeah. Like anyone who, like when you really embody humility, paranoia becomes almost like impossible. Hmm. I don't know. So much of this, like my uncle is afraid of the immigrants because he just watches Fox News. He's like, bro, just take yourself out of it for a second. We're not always in control of our paranoia, though. No, no, no. Absolutely. We're never in control of our paranoia. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway. Hmm. Yeah, but so, anyway, these Swedes, they were, um, there was a thing about it I was going to say. The Swedes, Swedes you were checking in at the hotel? Yeah, they were, um, their daughter was getting married in Lodi. I remember, this is what I thought was funny. 
it's like this weed. He tells me we have the, he tells me his last name and it's my last name. And then he hits me with a Swedish driver's license, which sidebar, that's not a valid form of ID in a foreign country. Like you can't show me ID from the country we're in or a passport. Those are the rules everywhere. You can never be like, Oh yeah, I'm. Chinese. I'm in the Chinese military. Here's my Chinese military photo ID to check into a to check into a hotel here in France. Like that's not how this works. Show me we're in France. Show me French. Like show me ID issued by a French person or a passport. Like passport is the only international thing. Anyway, that's end of sidebar. So he's crazy for showing me a driver's license, but. I, I get super into it and I'm explaining the whole thing in Swedish and we're having this good time and, and I'm thrilled, obviously. And the Swedes are confused. It's actually interesting because they're very, it's a similar reaction to when I run into a Chinese person sometimes and I get a little bit thrilled and, um, and I get a little bit thrilled talking to a Chinese person. And they are so confused by the fact that I'm like this loud, big character speaking to them in Chinese that they become like really subdued. And now if Madison was in the room, I would bring up this thing that I, I don't know. I was just this one time when we were on a trip, we got in an Uber and it was a Chinese guy and him and me just got into this really involved conversation in Chinese and, and I just really would like to ask her about that and how she experienced, I don't know, that would have just been an, I wish I remember this in real time and that I wasn't recording this tidbit after the fact. But anyway, uh, so I'm checking the Swedes in and we're speaking Swedish and then, and then I'm done with them and I give them the keys and I show them to how to get to their rooms and they leave. And then I need to check in the next person. And then, and this is what I thought was so funny. The next person in line just comes up to me and goes, well, I'm just a boring old American. And I thought that was so fucking funny, which is like, the Swedes didn't actually say anything funny. They were just Swedish. And they were actually boring people. And that's why I'm in America. Because the Swedes didn't actually match my energy. And then an American comes in right afterwards and hits me with this exactly my sense of humor, self-deprecating bullshit joke. Like this person was actually almost upset and depressed by how... Because Americans are such attention whores that they... That this person is pissed that... I clearly had such a fun experience checking the previous person in that there's no way for them to follow that. Hard act to follow. There's no way for them to follow any of that. So, so I, uh, yeah. But joke's on them because I actually, I actually don't even like Swedes. And that's why, that's why I find myself right here in, in, in California, in this country. Do you feel like you've, settled into Nevada County? Do you feel good being here? What do you what do you think of the area? I was talking about my talking to my buddy Steph about this on Halloween because we all went out after work a little bit and went to the stone house. Mm-hmm. And then um her and me were hanging out a little bit afterwards and she was saying how Oh yeah. Yep. 
that made it sound that made y- you made it sound like yeah so <laughs> i did not make out with steph and steph is just my friend okay but she slept on my floor on an air mattress because she wasn't That's sober. That's who the air mattress was for. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Is there something wrong with that? No. No, that's normal, right? I was curious, because she but couldn't... I didn't ask. Yeah, but yeah. Mm-hmm. You were curious, but you didn't ask. What's that about? You feel like you can't ask me whatever you want to ask me? Absolutely. What do you mean absolutely? No, there are absolutely things I feel are off limits to ask you about. Okay, so is that because, is this area of things fueled by how we used to be dating and we're broken up and now if you ask too much about stuff related to that, it feels like you are inappropriately, jealously prying or something? I mean, I feel like that's probably a part of it. I don't have a lot of shame about that. Okay. It's just... I feel like sometimes I I have this um, desire to not make you feel sick to your stomach. And I feel like I know now the questions that make you feel horrible and like you're going to throw up. Mm. I don't want to make you – I don't want to induce that feeling. So that's usually the motivation. Okay. So let's go towards that then. What kind of things make me feel horribly sick to my stomach immediately? Um, (laughs) Hmm. I mean, the only example that's coming into mind, coming to mind right now is mm-hmm. um, the last time I was here mm-hmm. and I was trying to ask you to have a really um, straightforward conversation with me mm-hmm. about sort of the relationship and, you know, you had said you weren't a friends with benefits kind of person Mm. And, you know, (laughs) I wanted us to just talk about it. Mm -hmm. And then it made you so sick and, and, uh. It made me sick. That makes it sound, that makes me sound like a bad guy. Okay, keep going. Keep going. It makes you sound like a bad guy. Okay, I scratched that from the record. Okay. Um. We don't need to talk about it. No, I want to talk about it. I want to go towards this feeling. So, um, yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> I totally, I think we're, we're on, we're on the wrong tangent here. No, no, we were, it, we're not on the wrong tangent. No, no, it's no. funny because you really brought up the exact same, like whatever I felt in that moment <laughs> when you asked me that, it's like, I feel the same thing of like, it's like an it's like a cognitive dead end Ugh. where I don't know what to say. Right. Because there's just like a built-in contradiction and I don't have anything Built-in contradiction is a good album name. Mhm. Okay, great. So <laughs> Okay. Did you review built-in contradiction in your pitchfork <laughs> yes. uh column when you were 11? Yeah. So, um <clears throat> because it's a little bit just like I have decided this thing for myself that I need this monastic one person single life, which needs to also not, um, include me. Well, one of the facets of it is that it can't include like, um, sex outside of the context of a relationship that I really 
believe in that I feel like I'm on the right track with. Which is like, it's... That um, was a really weird run-on sentence. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's got like a couple of commas in Mm -hmm. the wrong place. Yeah. You, so you feel like you're a love addict um, is something you've said. Or you, you feel like you relate to some of the things that people with that label feel. Yeah. Yeah, but then this other part of it is that you said I'm not marriage material, right? What? I didn't say that. <laughs> Are you accusing me of saying that? Okay, I, I'm so sorry. That's a misrepresentation of what you said. That's just <laughs> what echoes in my mind when I'm alone at night. Yeah. Even though it's not really. But it's said in my voice right. in your head? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> no, that you don't see, you know, a long-term future with me. But you determined that after slightly less than three months, which to me was like a very impressive amount of time. To say, nope, never mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And also, you, you're you so seriously looking for a wife? That was a shock to me. <laughs> what do you mean? When do you feel like... When was that a shock to you? Like, what do you mean? When was that revealed to you or whatever? I guess when you were breaking up with me. Okay. I didn't realize that you were looking for a wife. Mm-hmm. But, like, mm-hmm. now that's what you say every time you point out an attractive woman on your <laughs> podcast is that you could make her your wife. So. Oh, God. Yeah. What a ridiculous, what a ridiculous journey I'm on, huh? It's a pretty funny journey. The silliest battle. Um, so, first we have to unpack this marriage material thing because, like, that is such a horrible dismissive thing to say about someone right that's pretty straightforward what you're right though you didn't actually say those words because like what i am saying is like a compatibility between us two not like that there's anything wrong with you and like because saying that's it's it's like ridiculous to even say this out loud because it's so obvious but like saying that someone isn't marriage material (laughs) is one of the meanest things you can say about someone right it's kind of mean because it implies You'll never be happy. You'll never end up with anyone. You're not compatible with anyone in a long-term sense. Like, it's so – it's said in it, – it can be said in such like a – nah, it I can't be said in a casual way because it's like clearly – I think it's obvious to everyone how it's like one of the meanest things you can say. Right? It's pretty mean. Yeah. And you're right. You didn't say that. But that's – But what? but i implied it for you okay i didn't finish the sentence correctly you said i'm not marriage material for you yeah but i I wasn't i didn't yeah but that's what you heard that's a summary of the situation in in part right part of the um reasoning for why you wanted to break up yeah and i thought that was interesting because I So I mean I think we should tell your listeners your five listeners mm-hmm. which I think you've you've said it before on mm-hmm. the pod that you're older than me. Mhm. Yes, I'm a full 10 years older than you, right? Right. 
And I don't know. I guess <laughs> that gives that gives you the right to be seeking a wife more than if you were 25. Sure. Gives me the right. I don't that's yeah, not yeah. the right. You know what no, I'm No, but I, I understand I'm what you're getting flustered now. Yeah, no, no, I understand what you're saying. Like I'm not trying to pick apart like how that's maybe not the perfect phrasing, but it's like, yeah, no, I get the what you're saying. There's something there about like where <clears throat> focus focus is is a little bit different different. And like in your mind, you think that. Um maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Do I think that? Well, I do want to hearken back. I want to make mm -hmm. a call back yep. to another episode. Yep. Which I have listened to more than once. Oh, really? Because I listened to it when we first started dating, yeah. and then I listened to it again recently because okay. I wanted to reflect back now that I was also an ex. Oh. Your, <laughs> your episode okay. with Julie, hmm. um, where she was like really sick to her stomach thinking about you being with someone the same age as her or younger. Okay. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I was like... Oh God! Did that? That's that's gonna happen. I got a premonition. Oh, you mean the first time you listened to it, you felt like it had premonition vibes? Yeah, and now I feel the same way. Um, <clears throat> explain more. What do you feel? I feel what like is the feeling. I feel like maybe you feel like this is really pathol psychologizing mm -hmm. you um but i do feel like you want to be in this phase of your life and your love life and your relationship life where you're with someone at your maturity level but okay i don't know that people your age are in the same space <laughs> this sounds really mean and not coherent but right like People my age are, like, further along. You mean arrested development. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you mean the nicest uh, way to say it is that there's a little bit of arrested development. Maybe a little. I don't think it's a – I'm not characterizing that as a bad thing inherently. I just – No, that is, like, a – there's, like, ten different ways to look at it, and nine of them – make it seem like a bad thing. Mm. So I'm like clinging on to that 10th one where you can just view it as a neutral thing. Yeah. Where everyone is like, no, we're just on our own thing, you know, and it's fine. Everyone's like on their own path and you know, like that. Right. But it's like everyone else, like I did a job interview, like I, I'm hiring someone and I interviewed someone on Monday. Oh, did you? And they're 25 and they own their house. And she's like, yeah, I want to get this second job so I can pay for this. We, we're getting a new roof. And I'm like, ugh. I'm like, lady. God. <laughs> Great. And it's so, I'm <laughs> so good at it. Yeah, insufferable. And then I'm so good at being like, oh, wow, that's so great. <laughs> You're dying inside. <laughs> <laughs> so dead on the inside. That's so impressive. <laughs> so alive on the outside. Yeah. So, anyway, no, no, for sure. And I think that is. If I can just say some mean things about myself for a second to break up the... Oh, no. Okay. To break up the... How I feel like you're taking on a lot of... 
the I don't know. I'm the villain in this show. No, but you're 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 absorbing a lot of negativity. You're being very self-deprecating. Oh. I think it's completely true that most like neurotypical like well-adjusted people my age well, I really just believe the thing that like well-adjusted people just pair up with each other pretty early in life and realize that it's like there's no meaning to like just being single for a long time and like being... that is such a depressing thing to say. Yeah, oh. but so those people pair up early and they disappear out of the dating pool, and then like it gets once you get to thirty-five, it's like um, yeah, no, it's a depressing take, and it's also a little bit like it's not. That smart of a take, but it's a little bit true. <clears throat> okay, that's one thing. So yeah, there's definitely. What's the other thing? You were gonna say once you get to thirty-five, no, there's no, no one no. left. I'm just acknowledging that, like, I think it's very, very fair and possible to suggest that, like, you might be much more like <clears throat> a healthy, well-functioning person than me. And that's like not, and that's like might be just true. And I'm just on this journey of just like, I'm just okay with that. I have like, um, well, look, it's not like a suffering Olympics. Like that's silly. <laughs> suffering Olympics is like yeah. a silly framing. Yeah. And like mental health Olympics of like, who's the craziest. Mm. It's like, that's, a, that's like not a, useful framing for anything no are you cold you look really <clears throat> cold yeah i'm super cold you should put on a little blanket or should i put a sweater, sweater on? yeah do you know what this sweater is yeah merch i almost bought merch but then i was like that would be a really weird thing to do, <laughs> to do. when uh when did you almost buy merch probably like right after you broke up with me Ooh, <laughs> interesting timing <laughs> That's pretty interesting timing, huh? Yeah, yeah. So, right. This is not a suffering Olympics. So, yeah, I'm wearing a sparkling water, sparkling mind hoodie that you can buy on my on my website, americandecline.org. <laughs> you can click shop, and then you can buy all the merch. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. What were you saying? I don't know. Yeah. No, I... I I did read your book before I ever went on a first date with you, though. And I think that's something that you did not... Hmm give me enough credit for because that was like that was a very cool also mm. a very creepy thing to do so how would i give you credit for it what does it mean to give credit okay you didn't give me a copy of your book and i <laughs> i feel okay. like after three months i earned that but you had read it but i want a copy i want a copy on my shelf so that someone can come over and say What's that book? And I can okay. say, oh, yeah. Yep. That guy. Okay, I'll give you one today. Great, thank you. Mm -hmm. That's what this was all about. Was just, yep. I just came over here to make you feel guilty about not giving me your life's work. But that's like, to me, that's just me being afraid of everything. Like not giving you a thing, but, but fine. You're afraid of everything? <clears throat> Since when? Birth. Anyway, what are we talking about? The age difference. What else did you have to say about that? I mean, I think at face value, people people would say that you – there's an inherent power dynamic in an age difference. 
right? But sure, possibly pe- people would say that. <clears throat> I mean, um, okay. People have said that to me. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. I'm not going to take that away from you. I'm not going to tell you that no one has told you that, right? Because that would be gaslighting. This is true. Mm-hmm. Good job. So, um, but I don't really like actually having been in the relationship with you. I wouldn't yeah. feel like you have a ton more power than me. I feel like it was a pretty, um, solid dynamic in terms of like we were autonomous people making our own choices. And I didn't feel manipulated into anything or like you were, I didn't, I didn't feel like I was, (laughs) okay, should we talk about the Billie Eilish, um, Jesse, what's his name situation? I don't know his last name. I don't know who that is. I don't know who Jesse, Billie Eilish, I don't know who that is. Reinholtz, something like that. Billie Eilish is now dating someone who's like 12 years older than her. Oh, I didn't know that. But they started dating when she was, or they like, they met each other when she was like 16 or 17. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he's in this band called The Neighborhood. And for Halloween, everyone's outraged because she dressed up as a baby and he dressed up as an old man. This year? This year. And everyone was like, Billie Eilish is getting groomed. Because... <sighs> She just Yikes. turned like 20 or 21, right? So that's a little, that's different yeah. for many reasons, but especially because, you know, she met him when she was a minor. He, um, you know, we don't know what happened there and her brain is still not fully developed, right? Um, Sure. Right. Yeah, I feel, I have, yeah, it's a very interesting conversation. It's like- one thing that anyone what that I hear when I hear you say, "Oh, I wasn't like you know uh that there was no manipulation or anything is like the the final answer really though is you your take on it ten years from now or something right exactly like any take on on it from you right now is like a, not the final take, which is why. Is how people talk about it. That's sort of why I brought up Billie Eilish because everyone's saying she's like, I'm I'm not getting groomed. Like everything's right. fine. I haven't been groomed. Right. So am I gonna look back on this with a Taylor Swift all too well perspective? <laughs> I don't know what that means, but okay. Because <laughs> I'm not twenty-five. If I was twenty-five, I might know what that means. Or not. you should know what it means because okay. you know about pop culture, right? Like yeah, but Taylor Swift's music is so boring to me. Oh. She just hit the Billboard Top 10, like, all of the Top 10 spots. Yeah. That's the first time it's ever been done by one artist or one woman. Yeah. I'm not... You sound like me talking about Drake. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she beat Drake, okay? I don't... Yeah, okay. I don't think that's true, but yeah. It is true. You're gaslighting me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, anyway, Taylor Swift dated Jake Gyllenhaal when she was 19. Right. And he was 29 or something, 29 or 30. Yeah. And she has this really famous song called All Too Well. Oh, yeah. And she made a 10-minute version of it. And it's like... And he never mentions him by name, but it's all about him, right? Right. Yeah. 
No, I mean, um, yeah, this might just be me being defensive, but I just feel like there is some qualitative meaningful difference between 19 and 25. There is. Yes. Well, I mean, you're also, you also have a horse in this race. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So we're two people agreeing with each other. I really want to prove. And we might both be wrong. (laughs) Which, yeah. But I just want to flag that I'm aware that we might both be wrong. But I, where I'm at right now, I feel like there is just like, like, yeah. Right. Are you thinking of that time you told your other ex who's slightly older than you? That that I was twenty five and not twenty four, and that no. that was an important distinction. No, I didn't. To you. I never told her. Oh that. no, 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 no! You just told you said that in your mind, or you said that on the podcast. Yeah, you said that on the podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. She called me angrily or something. Right. We had a conversation. She, yeah. She's... I wish I could start a club with all of your exes, mm-hmm. so we could just have a little chat. Yeah, a group chat. Yeah, a, like yeah, a little WhatsApp chat with all you your exes. You don't have to hang out, but no, I mean we don't even have to be friends. But a group chat, a support group. Yeah, that's one of the meanest things anyone has ever <laughs> said to me. Calling that a support group is <laughs> is very funny. I'm so sorry. It's okay. You're allowed to say mean things. Okay, say something mean about me now. No, please. No. No, 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 no. You can come up with one thing. No, I can't. First of all, I can't. Um, You come up with plenty yourself, you know? Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. (laughs) Everyone rolls their eyes. (laughs) Um, For me, that was a sigh of, that was too real. Yeah. I I wasn't rolling my eyes. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, no, no, the age thing. I don't know, the age thing. Um... It yeah, it makes me defensive. It makes me feel defensive, and it makes me um, want to say things that are defensive. And like, it makes me want to say like, "Well, every all no relationship has like perfect symmetry, right?" And there are many things. And like, I do think it's interesting. Like, it doesn't make it not fucked up, but it's in, the Billie Eilish thing is interesting because like. She has such an insane amount of power mm-hmm. being so famous. Right. Like, she is, like, one of the most famous people on earth, right? I guess. Her boyfriend is also famous, though. Yes, and that does play in. But, like, I don't know what the neighborhood fucking power lines is. Like, what? Do you, what are the, what's the band called? Yeah, The Neighborhood. Yeah. They sing that song, Sweater Weather. Yeah. D- d- I'm sorry. It's a bisexual that's, anthem. That's your sexual anthem? No, no, no. It's a bisexual anthem. Oh, okay. Apparently. Okay. Anyway, let's move on. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm just saying, like, it doesn't make it not fucked up because it's clearly a thing where, like, it's almost like she's a child actor. Like, it's almost more like child actor power. And child actor power is, like... Right. It's more like we don't a know where that up, money is. Yeah, it's more like an all around fucked up situation than, than. Um, but uh, you love Billie Eilish. I do. Yeah, I love Billie Eilish. You would date Billie Eilish. <sighs> well, I mean, you're telling me she's so young now. 
she's really young. Yeah. What do you think about that? Yeah. If you could date Billie Eilish, would you? Uh, I mean... Just for the exposure, probably, right? Yeah, yeah probably, but it's like... pod. Yeah, but that doesn't... Ocean Eyes. Yeah, that's the only Billie Eilish song I don't like, Ocean Eyes. <laughs> but it's interesting. You think so? Yeah. But do you, I mean, do you think that's a fair evaluation? Which part? That, for the most part... That there was some um, unfair thing going on because I'm older than you? No, 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 no. That it was it was not, and it was pretty much right. fine. And that really wasn't a big factor in why the relationship ended. Uh, yes. I don't think I, – I didn't think about the breakup as a thing that had anything to do with ages. And I don't remember saying anything no, about ages. No, I'm not saying you did. Yeah. I just think that it's interesting to point that out. Yeah. No, it is. And um, the ex who yelled at me and said that I – she what, what she said was, you got to stop dating women in their early 20s. It's not a good look. Right. That's what she said. Right. She would think it's very relevant. I love her for that. Yeah. For making me feel shitty. <laughs> no, no, no. No, hey. For, for – it's – it's not a good look to date women in their early 20s when you're in your mid-30s. Absolutely. Yeah. And? And that's I, why you clarified. No, Maddie is in her mid-20s. You cannot early talk 20s. about a 25-year-old and say they're in their early 20s. Right. It's just bad mathematics. Right. And I didn't say that because being <laughs> defensive makes it worse. Right. You didn't say anything. Yeah, you just – so she still thinks that to this day. Yeah. What a shame. Is it? I don't – No. No, no it's You don't not. care. You don't care. No, no, no. It's not that I don't care. I care a lot. Okay. No, but it's – it's it's um, the point – like the important thing ethically is not for everyone to walk around and think of me as a good person. Wow. The, no, no. Let me finish. <laughs> The point ethically is much more about like everyone should feel good. Mm. And if it's helpful for her to think of me as a shitty person and that makes her like – makes it easier for her to just like not have such uh, such active matter like pain related to it and stuff, mm. then it's perfectly like okay for her to think of me as kind of a shitty person or whatever. Interesting. But it's also like – yeah. I can relate to that. Yeah, like it's really We can't we can't yeah. change people's mind about us. We can't make people feel a certain way about us. Mm, yeah, that's not exactly what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm adding because I could send her a long email and be like, "I'm actually a good person for this reason and this reason." That wouldn't and this make reason. her believe it though. Um, She's going to feel how she feels about you. Yeah, but I think I could adjust her perception a little bit, but that would probably make her feel shittier to just have to think about it and to even do anything. So it's like, it's so much better to just not try to work on it. Is that a savior complex or a God complex you've got going on there? I can't tell which one. No. <laughs> No, I'm saying savior complex is like hard coded in people, mm. and I'm fight and I'm fighting mine. Wow. 
job. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> oh, God. That's so great. Should we have another water? I'm really thirsty. Yeah. So this next one, it's sound. Sparkling water with tea and botanicals. Blood orange, vanilla, black tea. Give me some of your cups. Give me some cup. There. Thank you. Smell it. Hmm. I don't know. Not as good as the last one with the smell. What does it smell like? There's not a whole lot going on. Very light smell. Can I see the can? Mm -hmm. Thank you. Ooh, very watery. And then the vanilla becomes very dominant. Vanilla is so strong. There's caffeine in this. Oh, yeah. Because it's black tea. We're going to be up all night. Only a little bit of caffeine. I like this. Um... There's there's a quality. I really like the design of this can. It's very yes. 70s. Yes, the can design is wonderful. You've the sound. This is really reminding me of something. Yeah? It's reminding me of um, coconut rice, mango and coconut rice. Okay. Okay, when you say that, when you say that, my brain goes into a little wormhole, and, and I've only ever had that maybe one time, and that was with you. What? Yeah, I always hated Asian desserts. Without, um, what, what a huge statement to make. We no 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 no. Yeah, I'll, it's a it's a hill. I will, you know, I'll fight the fight. Um, when did we have that? We had that in in SF. We went to. Oh yeah, yeah. Some sort of jelly, grass jelly in Oakland. Yeah, yeah. A bunch of boba. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So waters like this make me uh, think of this. There's a type of there's a. Water that I would want to drink when I'm not on the pod because it's hydrating and it's nice and it tastes good. And then there's things that just taste good when you focus on them for the flavor. Yeah. And there's things in this world that don't taste that good, but there's a lot of complexity that's interesting to think about. Hmm. And I don't – like this isn't the kind of thing where I would – okay, wh why are you looking at me like that as if everything is a metaphor? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? Uh huh. Which which one am I of those two options? Oh god! Oh god! Anyway, okay. Yeah, which one? What do you think the sparkling water is? This is something that it doesn't taste good in a way where I want to keep drinking it, but it's it's got a lot of interesting things to think about. Hmm. So I'm enjoying it on the pod. And then <laughs> I want to cry. <laughs> I like it. I think it's good. I'm enjoying it now and it will be refreshing in an, in another. Yeah. And I think it's marriage material. <laughs> it's totally marriage material water. I and don't... the can design is cool. It's it's pretty cool and it's fun and it it's really nice it's to me. It's got a lot of talents. Yeah. Um, I I do have to rate this lower than the last one, though. Mm -hmm. I think I got to give this like 7.6. Yeah. Like, it's pretty good to me. I like it. Yeah. I have a feeling you're going to rate it lower than that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's a 10, but you have to deal with your lust addiction issues first. <laughs> 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 yeah. Is that funny? Yeah. yeah, no, that's a six. 
<laughs> Do you remember that time that I said you talk about sparkling water like you talk about women? No, this yeah. This is yeah. another one of those times. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. This fills me with self-loathing. I'm so sorry. Maybe I only have one gear. Like, maybe I'm a really... No, you have at least five gears, right? Yeah, maybe. Oh. Do you really feel bad for yourself right now? Is yeah. that what's happening? Yeah, but that's fine. Why do you feel bad for yourself? I don't know. I just feel... I feel bad that I hurt your feelings and stuff, but, you know. Water under the bridge. Yeah. You know, I really enjoyed... Um, the time that we were dating, and I feel like it was a fun summer, you know? And I, I got what I wanted out of the experience, and it doesn't have to be a big, huge, monumental thing. But also, it was it was meaningful to me. And I think what most recently you said that hurt my feelings was that you said what most recently was happening wasn't meaningful. And... Hmm. Um, I took that in a much bigger context yeah. than what I think you meant by it. You just meant because we weren't in an official relationship, it wasn't meaningful. Yeah. And I kind of hoped it was going in that direction and you knew it wasn't. And maybe you didn't want to hurt my feelings anymore. Uh, anyway, anyway, <clears throat> yeah. what, what I want to say is I think you're, you're pretty splendid and... I really have – I like being your friend a lot, too. So I'm not mm -hmm. I'm not yeah. disappointed by the developments. Whatever's supposed to be happening is what's supposed to be happening. And oh, I'm, wow. I'm, okay. I'm doing my thing. Secretly, it's very spiritual. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I think you're really great, and I really enjoy spending time with you in all these different ways. And, and yeah, I have nothing but – I'm so bad at giving compliments. That was good enough. You know, I think one thing that plays in is like this obsession I have with how it's so informed by people around me and watching other people's relationships and my parents and my own bad relationships and stuff, how I really obsessively cannot stop believing that relationships have this perfect triangle quality to them where the good part of the relationship and the bad part of the relationship always ends up being the same length. Mm. Like there's a very clear turning point. Like I was married for like five years yeah. and we were together for a bit before that. And it was like, it had like this really three years that were like really good. And then because it was three years that was good, it, we needed like three entire years of it being terrible before we could give up on it. Yeah. And then people have like seven years that are good. So then they need seven entire years, which is like a remarkably huge part of your life. You need to experience seven years of torture before you're ready to give up on it. Mm. And it's like whenever I, um, you know, I'll just say like Javi that I was living with, he was dating this girl and they had this like incredible she just really got him and mm -hmm. he got to be, I could see how he is this like incredibly pure, 
specific. You could derisively say that it's like a little bit of a hippie thing, but it's like it is just like he's just this pure nature connected open soul. Mm. And she really got that. And so he could really be himself with her. And then it plugged into all these different types of in uh, parts of life where it included so much just lazily laying in bed and just speaking sweetly to each other. And it included like sex that was exactly the kind of sex that he wanted and all these different things. And because it was such a good relationship for like nine months, there's like this, um, what's the word? Like comparative. There's this like thing where then the bad period needs to be equal length and of equal gravity. Okay. So he like had this breakup that like didn't take for like a while. Right. Did it take? And then it like is still a thing. But now in the end, I've talked to him now and it's like he was talking about how deeply, deeply messy and bad the breakup got at the end. Yeah. And it's like to me, that's like so much because the relationship was good. Right. Like there needs to be this like one-to-one quality to it i'm starting to get really offended no i'm taking this so personally okay you gotta explain yourself get to to your point yeah so no 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 no. yes so then part of it is for me that it's like i think i'm so like afraid of that that i think i you're afraid of what i'm afraid of letting myself be spending too long in the bad part so maybe I break up like quicker because of this belief in seeing everything through this lens. So even when something is like deeply beautiful and good for like a period of time, then when there's a shorter period of time, that's like where, oh God, now I, now that you've um, announced that you're taking it so personally, I don't have like this perfect explanation model for how like, I just, I. It doesn't have to be perfect. It's okay. Don't, just, don't worry about it. I just mean that, like, the fact that you you felt like <clears throat> that it was quick and jarring. And I the was and surprised because it was yeah. like I went on a little weekend trip to San Francisco to visit mm-hmm. my friend, and I like told my friend about you for the first time. Yeah, and I was like, "Yes, yeah, it's, it's been so much fun, and and we're having this great time." And then I was like, "Hey, I'm I'm coming back early." And I bought you some socks and like, I don't know. I I was like, oh yeah, you know, we're we're dating, and yeah. it's this like it's this fun little thing we got going on, mm-hmm. and it's not. I wasn't. I don't think I was, um, maybe quite as tuned in to how serious you were about um, feeling like I liked you more. Then you liked me. And maybe I was I was in a little bit of denial or something about it, but it was hard because it was it did feel like it was over a fast period of time. It was like one week you were like, I'm feeling more and more for you every day. And mm. then that switched. And I don't know like what triggered that and you didn't want to talk about it. And yeah, for me that was like, oof, like Mm. I don't, I do not know what I, immediately I went to, what did I do that triggered 
that feeling in you of like, mm. I can't do this anymore. Mm. But I know that's not really how it was. Logically. You know that's not really how it was logically. What does that I, mean? I understand logically myself that that's – you have said to me that's not yes. how it was for you. Yes. It's like – first of all, we did have like a couple of conversations before you went on that trip. Like conversations multiple times about like how – Maybe twice maximum. Yeah. Maybe twice maximum. Totally. And, but yeah, it is like, it's the most boring. I mean, it's like oh. a crazy, no, no. It's a crazy thing to say out loud because it sounds like I'm saying it's not you, it's me. <laughs> but it's like, it's not you, it's me. Right. That's a nice thing to say. Yes, but it's a thing that sounds really. Like a lie. It sounds like a lie and it just is a take it's a boring take that has like a big tv i don't know it makes me think of like shitty tv writing hmm. but it's, he's just not that into you what do you mean by that that's a movie that's a movie yeah this one time i was dating this korean girl mm -hmm. and she was married and she had a husband oh. and her english wasn't very good Controversy. And she was 20 years older than me. And I was like 21 and she was 41. Yeah, you told me about her. And um, there was a lot of stuff going on where like, I was an English teacher and I was, I had a class of like four Korean ladies. And then this one time they invited me to karaoke and I don't like karaoke, but I was like, I'll hang out. And then they started talking to Korean to each other and then all the other ones left and it was just her and me. And then she just started kissing me. And then we were like dating and it was always like her husband's credit card paid for everything and stuff. Ooh. But there was always this fucked up shit where like she would never took her shirt off. But then this one time she did, I've told you. Right. This. That's really sad. Yeah. Yes, crazy horrible. Yeah. This one time she took her shirt off and it was clear that he was like hitting her. Yeah, domestic violence. Terrible. What'd you do to help her out, huh? <laughs> oh, fuck, that's so funny. I don't know. Yeah. But um, this one time she brought a DVD to my house. What do you think the DVD was? He's just not that into you. Yeah, it was, he's not, he's just not that into yeah. you. With Korean subtitles. Oh. So we always had these experiences where we never knew if we both experienced things the same because we of the language thing. Yeah. I was teaching her English and I wasn't a very good teacher. <laughs> <laughs> so we watched that movie and I don't remember what that movie is about and it made no impression on me. But I've thought about it. Like, was that her asking me a question? What's the movie about? I haven't seen it in a really long time. I haven't yeah. seen it since it came out, but I do know... It's about a woman who is really interested in a man yeah. in, in one part of it. I think it's like a couple different stories that are told. Yeah. And she's trying to pursue him. And, and then he, um, her friends all end up saying, he's just not that into you. You know, he's showing all these different signs. Yeah. Like he's not answering your calls and, um, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever else. He's just, 
he's he's removing his arm from around your shoulder when you're hanging all the little micro mm. things that you can analyze in a relationship that make you you know everyone yeah. i feel like everyone's always trying to understand how strong people's feelings are for them in friendships and relationships yeah. right yeah we're all trying to prove our commitments to each other all the time yeah but um i don't know i don't feel like that was that's not what you're saying you're just saying it's it's not there's not a movie called it's not you it's me right yeah you said the name of a movie and i said what that movie makes me think of right um oh. but that's so interesting that they made a movie where exactly what you expect from hearing the name of the movie <laughs> yeah. is the movie right <laughs> Because yeah. if I had to guess, what you just described is what I would guess. Well, but then at the end of it, I think there's a twist where it's like, he is into her. Yeah. Incredible. Ta-da. Incredible. I, I love I when like commercial art is pulled off perfectly in that sense. Like where the cover of the book is perfect for the book. Mm. Mm-hmm. And like only the free market can make something that slick. Yeah. You know what I mean? Interesting. I don't think, like... Ugh, this, okay, this is an interesting topic to bring up, actually. Okay. Because there was one time I left your house and I was really angry mm-hmm. because you didn't stick up for me at all in a dialogue that we were having with your former roommate. Uh, sensitive? <laughs> we don't need to talk about it. Okay, but... I didn't stick up for you, and you were angry with me. No, I was more angry at the situation generally. Yeah, but then I, as soon as I left, I was like, "Wow, you could have, you could have shut it down a little." Yeah, more, don't you think? Okay, but you're also afraid of conflict. No, yeah, that's I am super too. interesting. We were talking to a person who was almost got in a little bit of an argument with you, and it's like, and I didn't like clearly side with you and stuff. Because you love the free market. Because it was a top... We were talking about capitalism. Mm. And you were saying how much you... Hold on, I have to pee. It's funny because I feel zero guilt about what you're saying that you were upset (laughs) with me about. And I feel zero guilt because I just really believe that if you knew how hard... Like how emotionally upsetting and hard those situations were for me... Oh. You would... Because it's like... I'm being selfish, is what you're saying. No, I'm just saying, like, I really tried my best. And there's some weird thing in my mind where those conversations were, like, people with those opinions, the weird, like, just different reality. Um, It wasn't like an anti-vaxxer conversation, but it was like a political made-up Super, super, like, not smart conversation. <laughs> like... I don't remember what started it. We were talking about, like, TV and movies. And then I think she start, she brought up something. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, like, it's unavoidable with certain people that have very little going on. Hmm. Who just spend all day on Instagram. Like, they believe that the universe is nothing but the culture wars. Hmm. So, like, in the frame of reference of people like that, small talk is 
to retread the ground of the different culture wars. Yeah. To be like, hey, it's weird that trans people get to decide what bathrooms we're Like, as if that's a conversation in anyone's life. Mm. Like, it's not. Right. Yeah. It's just not completely a... artificial. You say from a place of privilege as someone who doesn't have to think about <laughs> bathrooms on a daily basis, right? You can you can say that, but it's like it's not like you and me disagree on it. No, but I like we both think that. I mean, I almost have a little bit of a Swedish take of like American bathrooms are just horrible and traumatizing for everyone because they're built like these weird stalls. This is true. Where you have no privacy. No. So regardless of gender, it's just like. It's a very, like, weird, unsafe place. It is so unsafe that this struck in me a memory. It totally brought back that mm -hmm. one of my recurring nightmares as a child was of going into a bathroom and there being no dividing walls. Mm. What does that mean? Mm. Can Do you have a Freudian analysis of, like... No, yeah, no, I mean, right, it's... Like, these are we're so ashamed of these things yeah and our bodies and like bathroom stuff that it just there's something animalistic how it like gets so built up mm. and then we try to be civilized mm. and the, there's just this deep internal contradiction yeah of being civilized because it makes me think of on the one end there's china where you go to any public place in a little bit outside of any city and bathrooms are, public bathrooms are, like the women's bathroom, first of all, the women's bathroom have like way less amenities than the men's bathroom. Wow. Because they don't have to hide. The patriarchy doesn't have to hide. Like here, the patriarchy has to hide and be sneaky. Hmm. But in China, it's like the women's bathroom in a, fabric market where you go to like order suits mm -hmm. that gets tailor-made you go to a bathroom and the women's bathroom the men's bathroom is like has stalls that are like three four foot tall so you can like see if when you stand up you can see each other's heads but it's like you have a little bit of privacy okay you can look down into the stall great but the women's bathroom is just a trench a tiled trench in the floor and you just line up and there's no dividing wall and so you just Squat, can I say this? Can oh, I talk about this or yeah. is it too hard? It's... You squat over a trench, a right. long trench. Yes. And then you pee or poo-poo into the <laughs> trench and there's flowing water at the bottom. And then someone will, without fear or fervor, squat in front of you and just put their butt like a foot and a half in front of your face and then just squat over this trench in front of you with okay. no separating wall. And okay. you and their butthole is like completely in view of you. And then you see the butthole opening up and poop comes out. Okay. And it's like this <laughs> – do I have to stop? I'm just saying like these are real experiences that millions of people have. Okay, okay. What did this link back to again? Can you can you remind me? Yeah. The, it, there was something really deep going on there. No, but like – and then on the – in Sweden, it's like bathrooms are never a stall. It's a room. You close a door. It's a completely closed door. 
And it's like, that doesn't remove all the issues because this one time when I was in fourth grade or something, fifth grade, I forgot to lock the door and I was sitting and peeing. First of all, shameful. I was sitting and peeing. And this girl who was like just a budding bully, you know, just looking to grow into a bully. She opened the door and she made fun of me for not having pubes. Aww. In front of everyone later on. Wow. And I was like, Such wow. advanced bullying. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just like tough, you know? What's the Swedish word for pubes? No, no. Oh, I, okay. I, 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 <laughs> I, I blocked all that out. Alrighty. I'm so sorry that happened to you. No, but I'm just saying, you know? Yeah, even if it's a water closet. It's not, yeah. Yeah, it's not all Like fixed. we don't, there's no gendering of... We all pee and poop. Every, yeah. Everybody. Yeah. Does it. Um, so it should just be a comfortable space for everyone. Why does yeah. it have to be gendered? Yeah. Yeah. And the American space is built wrong. This is incredibly true. Yeah, it's of built course. wrong. Yeah. And um, so, anyway, we, we had a conversation with some lady and, and uh, you were mad at me for not sticking up for you. Or I guess maybe for me, it was a moment of like, oh, wow, this is something I really value about my own worldview, I guess. Yeah. And I was surprised that you didn't share that, which is such a silly thing because I really didn't know that much about you and we hadn't had that many conversations about it at that point. Yeah. Um, And I think you know, but I... <laughs> I'm really proud of myself for having started a union yeah. in my last workplace. Yeah. Um, and in America, I feel like a huge thing that has been oppressive to me and my family and a lot of the people in my life is the labor situation. Okay. So – when we were talking about that and you said you love the free market and you feel like it's this incredible, I don't know, what do you say? How how would you repeat it now? Right. Um, <clears throat> I love the free market. God. Yeah. But I mean, this is aesthetics. Aesthetics. Okay. Like, like saying I love the free market is not like a political statement. It's an aesthetic statement. That's your opinion. I mean, I just mean like... What you are saying is not that you want 1960s-style communist Chinese communism. How do you know I'm not saying that? Okay, no, that's I don't know. That's an assumption. Yeah, I don't, I don't really think that's what you want. Okay. But, um, okay, so I'm going to... Patronizing. Gonna, yeah, I'm going to break in and I'm going to say that all of this is so mind-blowing to me because I experienced the entire thing so differently because we had a, conver- we had a political conversation with a third person and this person's opinions always – I always think about those horrible conversations for days afterwards. And they mm-hmm. haunt me. Yeah. Because those people have such terrible opinions. Yeah. That ruin me. That young people who look like me and sound like me and should be like me can have such different, like, Trump sympathizing. Yeah. Um, just like Trump sympathizing, hating all experts. Like she maybe believes in lizard people. Yeah. Right? B- 
being like totally open to the idea of lizard people and like how George Soros is like a pedophile and all the different just like social media, Russian propaganda, Russian bot fueled. Right. All the unreality that I um, don't believe in and I'm – I find it so unsettling that people buy into it. Yeah. I have those conversations with her one-on-one so many times and every time I – feel haunted by it afterwards hmm. because I feel so bad that that they that these QAnon people have gone so far down that that path and that I don't have any way to find common ground with these people and that I feel like society like I don't know it's almost like a fear where it like brings up this thing of like I think that maybe we could end up in a really violent post-apocalyptic situation quickly hmm. and that we'd be fighting each other Wow. Or like not even that we'd be fighting each other, but like that all of society can fall apart if these people believe that so much. So then because I had had all those conversations, I – whenever she starts talking about something she read on Instagram that's like made up, I immediately try to just agree mm. to kill – to pull all the oxygen out of the room mm. to kill the conversation. So it sounds like I am not st- sticking up for you or whatever. So I'm having this own psychological journey for myself of right. how I feel really upset that she's trying to talk to me about this. And also like, it's like this weird trauma response pre-fear where like even before you have the weird trauma reaction, you know what your own anxiety is going to be. So you like pre-feel bad yeah, because you're so worried about how you know that this is going to – like as I'm yeah. having the 30-second conversation, I know that I'm now going to be obsessing about this for three days. So This as, conversation? No, not oh, you, that. No, oh, at the time. Okay, okay. So, that was more like a 30, 45-minute yeah, conversation. Sure, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, It was a 45-minute conversation, and as we were having it, I was like pre-freaking out about how much I'm going to be obsessing with yeah. this and not be able to let go of this. So – I was in real time saying things that were acquiescing to her a bunch. And then you were sort of taking the conversation a bit. And I was like not (laughs) siding with you particularly. Uh, And then – You were trying to just shut it down by agreeing. Yes. And then I was realizing how you were also finding it really upsetting. I was getting really heated. Yeah. And I was realizing how you were having – so many of the reactions that I always have. Oh, yeah. And I was feeling so validated. Aww. And it was so – it's so interesting for you to say that you may you, – your takeaway was like this layer one takeaway where you <laughs> had never met this person before. So Rude. you – no, but it's layer one because you don't have any history with this person. Okay. So you've never met this person. So you're just having a conversation face value with someone. Yeah. And me, there's so much trauma in history that I'm having the conversation in this like really, really stressed out way. Yeah. And I felt so good that you were there. And I felt so normalized and so seen that you were there and that you were having the same upsetting things. And then when you were like in the middle of it or after 40 minutes, you were like, I think I have to go home actually. (laughs) And you just like – and I was like, I'll walk you to your car. And then we sat in your car for 45 seconds and I just realized that you were really upset. And I just realized that like I felt so good that I'm not alone feeling like that talking to the QAnon people. Yeah. And because here's the thing. She wasn't screaming. No. She wasn't saying anything 
super strongly. Uh-uh. It was a very like it's just very casual like She thought it was it was so innocuous. Yeah. Yes. It's a very casual way of presenting being like no, but like I think it's actually pretty possible that like all the Jews control everything or right. whatever. No, but actually. Yeah, right. it's yeah, like yeah. a very casual innocuous way of being like yeah, but like I read this thing where like I think beans are bad for you. It's like just these weird medical statements. Mm. It's like, no, but like I read this thing about like vaccine shedding. And it's like so innocuous that you feel really crazy having a strong reaction to it. Yeah. And I felt so good that you also had a strong reaction to it. Well, you had told me a little bit about some of your interactions with this person and told me it had made you stressed. Yeah. And maybe I was like, oh, well, it can't be that bad. You know, or yeah. just in the back of my mind, I was like, mm. eh, it's, it's, she seems so nice. There's no way mm. that it's that uncomfortable. And then I got into it and I was like, wow, I'm like, I'm so upset right now that I actually have to leave. <laughs> like, I have to leave the room and yeah. leave your house. And like, I was, I was going to like probably spend the night if that conversation hadn't happened. I don't know, yeah. you know, so I'm, I'm glad that you felt validated in the moment. And I'm honestly this is my formal apology. I'm issuing it now. Mm. I take back what I said. I am not, I wasn't mad at you and I'm not mad at you mm. about that because you're right. You were, you were in your own reaction. Um, you were coping in the yeah. situation as best you could. And I think I did a similar thing, but um, we do have Alexa, some, turn the fridge off. some different worldviews. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yes, that's a separate thing that we that we'll get to afterwards. I yeah, that's why I felt not guilty at all because I just knew. Do you need a couple more pillows? No. <laughs> I injured my tailbone not that long ago. You mean like when nine I was, weeks ago? When it was not nine weeks ago. It was like less than a, it was about a month ago now. Mm. When I was roller skating. Yeah. So anyway, it's hurting me yeah no but i was just saying how i don't i ne i didn't feel guilty because i just knew that if we actually talked about it and we i actually explained like what was going on with me and how much you helped me that would just crowd out your feeling of being mad at me for not being <laughs> able to like yeah. be nice about anything yeah no you were you were right about that you were right about that that wasn't a big dividing thing for me in my yeah. mind. Yeah. And then like the actual substance, ma sub subject matter, substance of it is like, I don't know, like, I don't know. Like to me, it's just aesthetics. And it's just like, if you define all the words, we, I think we really agree on stuff where it's like, I have a Swedish way of saying, I love the free market. And the Swedish way of saying that you love the free market is that you like love the free market so that you can tax the shit out of it and give everyone every, like give everyone free healthcare and free education and free everything and create a, the strongest welfare state in the world. Yeah. Paid for by the free market. Like you, pay, you love the free market as something to pay for justice, social I, justice. I'm so jealous that you got to grow up in that. <laughs> that yeah. world okay yeah and then it's a little bit of a thing of the past and blah 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 all of that but it's like and sweden is full of unions yeah but i also think that union is a 
deceptively large label. It's a sexy word. Yeah, it's a sexy word. It's all aesthetics to you. <laughs> Take that back right now. No, but it's like union is uh, – it's a deceptively – like it. you use this one label and it – it hides how many v- wildly different things. Right. I didn't start a police union. You know, there are... D- there are police unions that are really MAGA. There is everyone in China who has a job has to be legally in a union, and there's only one union in China. Every union in China is part of a larger union, which is part which of a is larger like, union. Which is like, is it even a union if there's only one union? Yeah. And all the unions eventually go up into the one union. Is all union federation union. even a word anymore? Yeah. yeah. So it's like, and then I really feel like, like I've had, I remember actually talking to my ex-wife's dad about unions and and him being like, really matter of fact, just like, yeah, unions, like they make everything more expensive. Just saying these like really sort of definitive, simple statements. Yeah. Well, you can't deny it. Unions just make everything more expensive. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> like, I don't know. It's like, that's a pretty big thing to unpack there, you know? Yeah. Um, maybe for you. <laughs> um, he wasn't in a union, though. He was like some CEO or something, right? Yeah. He wasn't in a union, but his workers were always threatening to unionize, I'm Right. Sure. Expensive for yeah. him. Yeah, if you played the first word that comes to mind game with him and you say union, he would probably say, ugh, expensive. Oh. Yeah. Well, the coolest part of the whole unionizing process. Yeah. Gosh. There are so many cool parts. Yeah. It was really, it's really hard to pick one. But one of the coolest parts was sitting in the bargaining room. Oh, oh okay. I kind of want to explain the situation. You're at Mills College. Okay. Yeah. So I went to this college that you already said it's undergraduate, not for men. Mm. Um, Really cool. I loved going to that school. Yeah. Met some of my very best friends there. And I uh, ended up working there as soon as I graduated. I was working in the development department, which is where you do fundraising. Okay. Um, And I was talking with a lot of my colleagues, and people were not feeling well. Um, People hadn't gotten raises for more than 10 years. Um, Inflation was different. (laughs) (laughs) Inflation is happening. We're living in the Bay Area. Inflation wasn't happening, really. Okay, yeah, keep going. Oh, my gosh. Over 10 years? Oh, yeah. No, no, no. There's a little bit of inflation always, for sure. Well, No, it's ridiculous. Certainly housing prices are going up. Yeah, not getting a raise for 10 years is effectively getting your wages lowered yes, radically. Absolutely. Plus, in addition to that, they'd been cutting a lot of positions from all of the departments. So most people were doing two or three jobs. Hmm. And that was the case in the job I was doing. So I was sort of and personally the, the invested. the mood was that it wasn't very cool to be like, I love the free market. No, exactly. <laughs> like, it wasn't like a sense and a place and a time where it was like cool to say things like that. Mills is a very social justice school. Yeah. So it felt like sort of a natural next step. Hmm. But also because Mills had this social justice aspect, it was – it also <sighs> – 
the administration and the president there really wanted to convince everyone that we were this place that really didn't need a union because we were already perfect as we were and they were mm. already so progressive that why would we ever need something to, <clears throat> to enforce those progressive principles? Yeah. So it, w- it was really secretive organizing everybody. We had to really go sort of – you know, everything has to be done outside of work hours to organize people. Yeah. Um, and you have to, you know, make sure you're not using your work email and make sure that everyone's anonymity is protected throughout the organizing process. But then once we got enough votes to um, go through with it and, you know, like more than 85% of the college said, We yeah. got the votes. We got the votes. And then it was able to go to the National Labor Rights Board. And, um, you know, they were able to organize our election. But before that happened, we sat down with the Mills administration. Mm. And I was one of the delegates that was chosen from the union organizing group. And I was sitting across from this really conservative old man lawyer who is the head of mills college no he was he's a <sighs> so no men until <laughs> there we have been a lot of man presidents of mills mills yeah Ooh. yeah um oh cyrus mills was the founder it was a man yeah oh my god yeah cyrus okay. and susan um anyway but it was really – it was cool because I felt like I was really, like, facing down this mm. man who was this representation of all these things that I felt were hurting my colleagues and the people in my community at the time. And yeah. um, You had a real Nancy Pelosi moment oh, of getting the votes. How dare you bring what? up Nancy Pelosi <laughs> yeah. right now? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. A yeah. woman who was she gets the votes booed at Mills. Um, she was booed. Yeah, she came to Mills. Oh yeah, she's not progressive enough for Mills. No, I get that. I yeah. get that. Yeah, she came to Mills. She she delivered a commencement speech there. Um, Nancy Pelosi. That's so cool. You think that's the coolest? I don't know. She's just kind of a star. Okay. She's got a lot of star power. You heard about her husband? I mean, yeah, that's yeah. hanging over me mentioning her. Oh. The QAnon, uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Anyway, I'll finish this up. I'll wrap this up to say. No, 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 no. Keep going. It it was a really cool experience for me, and it made me want to be a union organizer mm-hmm. because um, that act of just working collectively with my fellow laborers mm-hmm. <laughs> um, to bring together a the start of a contract that would mean higher wages, better benefits, and just an overall higher quality of life for everyone who worked there, including the executives mm. and the people who, you know, it felt like were oppressing us. It um, it was the most deeply satisfying thing I've done in my uh, short career so far. Mm. So, yeah, I'm still... I'm still considering that, and it's it's something I really value a lot. Mm. Workers' rights. Yeah, no, that's very cool. Yeah. That's very cool, and it's making me – it's making – bringing up multiple different directions where I've thought about how I wanted to take this conversation. Because it's like 
I've been thinking a lot recently because I've had a couple of breakthroughs with myself. Hmm. Like sobriety, getting sober is like one breakthrough. And then there are other breakthroughs. Getting sober is just the first thing. And then once you're sober, like just realizing certain things and being less shitty and just uh, facing some of your own demons. And then you get, there, there is, like, it's super self-congratulatory to say this, but I, I do think that, like, the sort of AA journey is this journey where you, like, move towards just relaxing and uh, deconstructing your ego a little bit. And what happens in the later stages of that is that you just get this feeling where you want to be nice to people mm. and you realize that things like spending your time on making the world a better place is like the thing that will make you happy in a sort of longer term as opposed to drugs and alcohol. And like I do, <clears throat> like for me as like this fucked up countercultural, like just in like in an infantile way being obsessed with counterculture kind of person, it feels like a hot take for me to say that like, I don't, like, younger me wouldn't have thought that I would ever say that. It's, like, cool to be nice to people and try to make the world a better place in a constructive, like, normie way. But it's, like, it is just a sort of thing that remains true. Hmm. And so I feel like one of the things I'm feeling recently, for example, in my current job and stuff, is that there's a little bit of a hole in my heart because I'm not spending all day on something that's just like very actively making the world a better place. Mm. And so it's something I'm like thinking about a lot when I, when I just sit with like a sense of peace in my heart. Mm. And then it makes me think of when I think about it realistically, it makes me think of how I do have like plenty of friends who have chosen a sort of more active path like that, where they choose like to go work for the government or work in politics or work in nonprofits or something where you do, where your professional thing is something where you're like doing something social justice related or whatever. And it's like, it's interesting because so much of it though is like, when you are in a thing that superficially sounds like it's making the world a better place, it's frequently like feels even worse. Like they describe it as feeling even worse because it feels fake. <laughs> what are you? What are you? What are you? What face are you making? Go off! I was just snapping. Yeah, okay. And like pursing my lips because like this is really relevant to what I'm going through right now, and I love that you're taking this in this direction. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And and it's like it's hard because that makes it feel like. Either you just do a job that's just a job, or you do a job that's supposed to be making the world a better place, but it just um, really magnifies a feeling of meaninglessness, because it's like, even if you choose that path, it does nothing like, and right. I don't, what? Right, yeah, yes. And I don't need to use you as an example, even though you're asking me to use you as an I'm, example. I didn't ask for anything. But, I was just validating. Right. But my friend Sebastian that I grew up with, who is now a diplomat- he is, like, really the poster boy for this. Because, like, there are... they the Poster Swedish, child. Yeah. Yeah. The poster non-binary boy. <laughs> He's really a non-binary boy for this because, like, the Swedish government only creates 
there's only 10 new diplomats every year and they all get quite a bit of power and they all get a desk, like a metaphorical desk. They all get an account in the government where they're like responsible for something for a year. And it's like, you know, feminism in Uganda or like, you know, human trafficking in Central Asia. It's like a thing. Everyone gets like a thing. And you're supposed to be this, like, it's this thing that on the surface of it, it seems like he has never felt more meaningless than mm. right now. Oh. And everything about it is so, he has the most cynical, <laughs> he has the most cynical, hilarious take on everything in the whole universe. Yeah. And... Yeah, it it makes it, it really, it's an open question. What I'm saying, this like thing that I'm now, now I've been talking about a thing for 10 minutes here. I don't know what the point is, but it's almost like I'm feeling like there are these like very, very few people that feel like they have enough power to actually feel thrilled by how they are making the world a better place. Mm -hmm. Like it's like Zuckerberg feels thrilled. Does he? I'm certain that he feels powerful no, and thrilled. That's a robot now. That's not a human no, being that's a mark zuckerberg is a real sack person of, sack of he's a human oh. being have you seen that video of him like looking over really fast at that person who's taking a photo of him no okay i gotta show that to you that sounds funny though yeah does he have a non-human looking re reaction yeah that's called autism <laughs> it's called autism <laughs> okay and it wouldn't be appropriate if for a you kid with autism what that's a that's a tiktok sound what is the sound? If a kid it's with from, it's from some song, I don't know what the song is. And what's the words? Every kid with autism, okay. and then it's like someone will like do a thing that's like sort of autistic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's inappropriate to make fun of Mark Zuckerberg's autism. Okay. Um, canceled. Um. Yeah. Here I am on this day. You've been canceled, but I think that there are certain people like high up in tech who get thrilled because they actually feel powerful and like they think, and then they are not good people and they don't have a good effect on the world. Elon. Yeah. Elon. I, I'm not as anti-Elon as he who. I hate that man. I am. Put this on Twitter. Tell him. I am a little bit delusional. I'm a little bit in denial. Ugh. Like. He's ugh. an abuser. He's an abuser. Okay, I've never heard that before. He might be an abuser, huh? Yeah, that's too bad. That's too fucking bad. But um, okay, yeah, 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 they get they get a thrill. No, about Elon, I'm like a little bit in denial because I'm like, look, making a really good electric car, you can't argue with it. It is just good, right? And working on the entire infrastructure, it's not just good though. Okay. How is Tesla bad? <laughs> How is Tesla bad? Yeah. His workers are treated horribly. That's it's a job you can quit. I don't care. That's Oh, that is not true. <laughs> they cannot quit. There's no such thing as a free market, okay? Unless there's like Scientology-esque like we come after you if you quit there, stuff. There are many cultish qualities to most employment situations silicon valley can be a little bit culty for sure okay 
I'll okay. let you finish your thoughts. It's though. funny because I was going to say the good things and the bad things about Elon. <laughs> okay. And then when I said the good, well, I should have predicted that. When I say the good things about Elon, you'll never accept them. Like, I don't like him. No, I know. He's a bad man. Yes. And like when he now buys Twitter and then Nancy Pelosi's husband gets a, a hammer to the noggin and then he tweets a, th- a fake news thing that's like, about like I, because when that happened, I go, I go on greatawakening.win, which is my QAnon website of choice. What? It's a forum where QAnon people talk about the most horrible QAnon shit. Okay, and they talk about how like Paul Pelosi is a drunkard and a gay guy. <laughs> Which also always makes you feel like you're in that situation where Barack Obama gets called Muslim and he has to decide if he's going to be like, should I be like, what's wrong with being Muslim? Or should he go, I'm not Muslim? Because in a way you have to say both things. <laughs> right. But whichever one you say first creates their own problems. Yeah. So it's like you have to put out two statements at the exact same moment, which is not how the human mi- mouth works. You can only say one thing at a time. You know what I mean? Because if, if, if someone calls Barack Obama a Muslim and he says, what's wrong with being Muslim? Right. It's as if he's affirming it. And if he says, I'm not Muslim, yes. every Muslim yeah. heart in America breaks. You're right. So when they say Paul Pelosi is a drunkard and a gay guy, you want to be like, hey, what's wrong with being a drunk gay guy? Most of my best friends are drunk gay guys. Yeah. You know? Exactly. So... <sighs> the QAnon people were like, there was a, he was just in a fight with his gay lover. And, and, and his gay lover <sighs> hit him in the head with a hammer. What a ridiculous theory. And they're like, oh, it's ridiculous that a person would break into their house. They have like three security perimeters and there's cops at their house at all times and like this and like that. And, you know, and it's like, I have no fucking idea what the security situation is, but. The point is just that there's a, like, totally made-up news website that just, I wish I could remember, what was the other made-up? Oh, yeah, this website also announced that um, Hillary was dead or something five years ago or something like that. But so Elon tweeted that out. Okay, that he was a, a gay drunkard. That he Paul Elon Pelosi. tweeted out a link to the fake news website that okay. put out this story that he, he, Paul Pelosi was just in a fight with his he was naked in a fight with his naked gay lover and they were both drunk and on drugs <sighs> and um, and that just I just am so in denial because I'm like I just want Elon to be a good guy and make the world a better place but the fact that like he might be so deep in conspiracy theories hmm. Elon Musk. Oh, yeah. And it's terrifying. It's actually terrifying. Wow. Yeah. Do you know that I have some, like, reasonable opinions? <laughs> I know you have a lot of reasonable opinions. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, do you feel like I am accusing you of having bad opinions? No, I just always marvel at this. I always marvel at how when I really, really agree with someone on 99%, how e- how much... 
um, how riled up we can be about the last percent. Isn't it so fun, though? Yeah, but it's just so weird. Because it's like we both know that we're not really against each other, but it's like... But they don't know that my five podcast listeners don't know. <laughs> Your podcast listeners... It's mostly you. ...would assume. <laughs> it's, it's funny because Spe- every time you name someone who's listening to the podcast, you don't say me. No, I say you all the time. No, it makes me so angry. I take note of it every time. And I'm like, but I'm here listening. Yeah. And now, will I, I don't know, will I listen anymore? Maybe not. I don't know that it's healthy for you to listen. This is an interesting topic, but. Yeah. Um, I mean, when it comes down to it, if someone was to say, like, if we were talking to your uncle right now. Yeah. About electric cars. Yeah. I would probably not bring up how much I hate Elon Musk. Because I would understand the larger cause is we want your uncle to believe that electric cars are good. Yes, there's a hierarchy of uh, largeness of issue. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure, for sure. I just want to—I want to state that I know that, and I'm, yeah. I'm a firm believer in that. That Tesla is a net good, even though there's lots of flaws with it. I would say that to your uncle, sure. <laughs> but you wouldn't say that on Mills. I would not say that at Mills, no. At Mills, you couldn't concede. No, no. That Tesla is... Okay. Hey, electric car revolution. (laughs) Shit all over it. Yeah. (laughs) That's why we're having a a backlash to the woke bullshit, you know? I think anyone who buys a Tesla right now is a hero. (sighs) Because it's a shitty car. A hero. Like, it's a shitty car, and it's overpriced, and choosing to put so many of your dollars towards that so that they can put that money back into R&D and get us to where we need to be where we aren't yet, that's a, that's a hero. Just like me when I put my dollars in you and then the, the me? car of our relationship mm-hmm. didn't work out. But, but it it added to the to the R and D of your self development. Oh God! Oh God! That didn't work very well. I'm sorry. But it works enough to make me full of self loathing again. Oh no! That was not my intention. Hey, listen. We matched on a dating app when I was at a certain place and a certain time when I was on dating apps. Which one? Hinge. No. What? Bumble. We matched on Bumble? Uh-huh. Huh. Okay. You okay. were on Hinge, too? What? <laughs> uh, huh. That's interesting. Uh-huh. Anyway. 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 Jinx. Yeah. I then decided to not be on dating apps because I wasn't ready to be in a relationship. And then you contacted me six months later. I love how you say this. It's so accusatory. It's like, yeah, you God, me. you, 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 you little bitch. How dare you reach out to me? You reached out to me. We, were, we had a nice bitch. little start to our conversation. Yes, but we didn't meet. And I had stuff going on. Like, I'm a very busy lady. Yeah, no, you're a, you're a busy, busy babe. Busy baby. <laughs> You're a a business baby. Yep, that's me. You're a busy business baby in the city. (laughs) In Nevada City. 
<laughs> the big city. That's what we call it up here in North San Juan. The big city. Yeah. yeah. Oh. So you were very busy. <sighs> <laughs> but but I, you were sort of like the highest quality person who I had talked to in a long time. Oh, and I what thought, a nice thing to say. Well, you were I, the highest quality person that I had talked to in a long time. Oh, thanks. And I just had a, I just, I was like, you know, I feel like I could start a little fire here. Mm. And I didn't know that you were off all the apps mm-hmm. until you were like, I think you said that on the first date, maybe. Mm. Yeah. But. Which is like the reddest flag brag. Is it? Why? I think if a guy on a first date from a dating app says, I'm no longer on the apps, it's questionable, but it's dubious. But, you know, what do I know? Um, the dubious brothers. Yeah. <clears throat> but. Um, no, I didn't think it was red flag. Yeah. I was like, that's great. Less competition for me, mm. <laughs> which is not true. We went on a first date and we went to Hartwood mm-hmm. and we had a beverage and maybe a pastry. And then you brought a chess board. I did. Because we talked about chess and then we played a game of chess and then some stranger. Oh my God, I forgot about that accosted guy. Accosted us. Yeah. And was like, I'm going to play the winner. And we were on a first date trying to like <laughs> talk to each other and some guy with no sense of boundaries there's a great word in Swedish, grenseless, which just means boundaryless, which is really something that you use, originally you use it for, it just means infinite. But then there's this modern usage, usage of this word with like a person, which really suggests personality disorder. Oh. And I like really don't know what word to use to translate that into English. But it's like... That's a cool word. Say well, it. What is it again? Grenzlos. Okay. But it, it just... The way I feel like what it means is like how it's like someone who doesn't respect boundaries very well. Yeah. And he didn't. He also really seemed like he was interested in you. Okay. So let's unpack that. Do you think that's maybe something that you... <laughs> No. Injected into. (laughs) No. Like, you think some guy saw me playing chess with you and he wanted to fuck me? (laughs) He was really wanting to get in your pants, yeah. And do it by beating you at chess. Yeah. He really thought he could do that. But our game took a really long time because I was trying to think so hard and I was really, really nervous. And I was like, <laughs> I was, I was trying to like be smart and make the right move, but I'm actually really bad at chess, even though I love playing it. It's I, just because I haven't practiced enough. Yes. I think you're, you have way more chess talent than me. Oh. I think I have played like 4,000 games of chess and I'm like a noob. And you've played like a hundred games of chess. It makes me sorry. Yeah, I'm I'm better than you. That's what you're saying. I think you have you. I think if you had played the same amount of games that I've played, you would be ten times better than me. That's really sweet. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I think you're, you're right. I think you're right. I yes, 
I think so, too. Okay. Um, I think I'm right. Good. Yeah, he really, he really wanted to interrupt what what we had going on. I don't think he thought we were on a first date. I think he maybe thought we were like friends who get together to play chess. I think he was oblivious and right. didn't really he did not give a, think about it. He didn't care. And then it created this incredibly uncomfortable situation where we're playing a game of chess and I am just anticipating how at some point in the near future, I will have to tell this guy that, no, I'm not going to play you yeah. in chess <laughs> in the middle of this first date that I'm on. Right. Like, I just knew the and conflict, conflict anticipation anxiety in me was incredibly high. And I could, the weird thing is like, I was sitting facing you and he was sitting so that I was, he was in my field of vision, like at a <laughs> two o'clock. So he was just sitting there in my field of vision right next to you. Did like, you need, see me like looking over my shoulder? Yeah. Like I was also really anxious about it. You were very aware of him. Yeah. And he was in my field of vision sitting alone, just like looking over at me every once in a while. Winking. Ugh. Yeah. Gay people. <laughs> <laughs> gay drunkard. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Um. So... That was weird as fuck. And then we had to just, in a completely artificial way, leave before I even wanted to leave that place. <laughs> because I just wanted to finish the game of chess and then just chill and just talk to you. Yeah. But that wouldn't work because the whole story I was telling him was like, ooh, we have to leave now and that's why I can't play you chess. Right. Ah, whatever. What it, a maniac. No, it was good. I really didn't want to sit there much longer with him looking over. Yeah. What a fucking maniac. And then, yeah, we walked to the graveyard. Yeah. But before that, there was also a guy that came in that I didn't recognize, but he recognized me and he greeted me. <laughs> yeah. And that's such a, like, I think about that so much because I think that's, like, that stuff, it just is this, like, pure form of social capital. Mm -hmm. Like, feeling like you know someone else in the world and the value that gives you. Is something that I overvalue way too much. Well, you know that that's a sensitive thing to me, that I feel like people don't remember me ever. Yep, that is something you always bring up. Yeah. Well, look at me now. Yeah, people remember you. They'll remember me. Immortalized. They'll remember me after this. <laughs> Wait, you mean because you're on the podcast? Right. Okay. I'm just... Gag. Um, gagged on Monday. I interviewed this other guy and he had that happen. We're like, that's Who? okay. I was interviewing this guy for a bartending position. Oh. And then as I find him in the bar, cause I've been told that he's like waiting for me so I can come and interview him as I find him and I'm like, Hey, let's go over here and we, we can talk as we are standing up. These three, like really put together, normal looking women, middle-aged women, are like, oh, hi. And they just had this like incredibly positive, familiar reaction to him. Like they knew him. And it's just like, if I was him, I'd be so thrilled that that worked out like that. Because it's like, I think that says more about a person than anything else. Like that's, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. 
Because really what it is, like a, a bartender is like a lot of what a bartender is, is that you just want to give, you just want to be this pleasant person. Like one third of the job is to actually make the drinks quickly and well. And then one third of the job is to just like be this sort of like um, pillar of the community where people just come in and they just see it as this clubhouse to just hang out around you. And it's just like that, you know? And he just, that, those ladies really made him uh, seem like it was like that. Mm. That he was a character like that. And then he referenced it later casually. And he was like, yeah, you know, I like really try to just like people, you know, when I get a bartending job, people like come in to, they come in and they like, they come in to see me, you know? <laughs> like those ladies in there. Mm. Like I just know those ladies. Yeah. And if I get this job, I'm going to tell all my people to come in here. Wow. And Smooth. it's like, it's like, yeah. Yeah. What made you think of that? Because it was the exact same thing as the guy walking in on a first date right. saying hi to me. Right. Except I had this like not casual way of dealing with it because instead I immediately just started talking shit about that guy. And, but I was like, wow, everybody loves you. Like that's so, how nice is that? That like he, he was so excited to see you and. Yeah. And you were like, no, no, no. Let's get it straight. I don't like that guy. Mm. I don't remember him, but I have a bad <laughs> feeling. That's literally what it was. Yeah. I, di I do not remember who that guy was. I can still remember. His, I can bring his face up do in my mind Do you think he right listens now. to the pod? I hope not. I wonder if my boss does. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. you know, I actually think that was like, the, that's the best first date I've ever been on. Is that, do you think yeah. that's really sad that I think that? No. Should I just be completely honest? I think all, I'm, I think I'm good at first dates. <laughs> I think I'm good at first dates, not so good at date 15. Um, so I think, because I just am extremely um, nervous and self-aware and I'm worried about it. So I've spent my whole life obsessively trying to listen in when women talk amongst themselves about like things they think are shitty. So I think my whole, I sanded down all my weird things, I accent, my eccentricities to make it like, not, no, I haven't. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're shaking your head as if, no, there was some rough edges, but, but so what I mean, what I mean is just like, I frequently hear that or versions of that. And then women proceed to tell me about like crazy, horrible things of like how my last first date is like some guy just wanted to meet me in a parking lot. And then he just started to talk about how he was like on a Nazi website. Oh, yeah. Shit like that, you know? Right, right, right. And then so then I'm like, it's hard for me to hear that and be like, oh, yeah. I'm so great. Right. It's more like it feels like the country's on, like the <laughs> the the dating world is on fire. Right. Like it's the, so bad. Yeah. It's some sort of dumpster fire. So like what I hear there is not that you're a sad character who it's more like. Has had very few positive experiences. Yeah. It's just like there seems to be a lot of um, the people who are single a lot of them are damaged goods. The boys. The boys who are, I don't know. Yeah, you think? 
Probably. I'm talking through it as I'm saying it. I don't know. That's interesting. A lot of the well-adjusted people just paired up with each other right away. I don't like that take. Like, it really upsets me. It makes me feel violently ill when you say that. (laughs) Because it's not that I want to think of myself as a well-adjusted person. But, like, I paired up with someone when I was in high school. And then we stayed in a relationship for, like, five, six years. And I was not well-adjusted, and neither was he. And, I mean, okay, I was pretty well-adjusted out of the two of us. Yeah, no, I almost want to add a caveat and then have you keep going. Where, like, there's almost this caveat of, like, I'm not really saying that the well-adjusted people pair up with each other and stay together forever. I'm just saying they stay together for a long time. Okay. And so they dip back into the dating pool. Right. Like, lots of well-adjusted people are married for 10 years, and then they just sort of grow apart, and something happens where they break up. And that doesn't make them unwell-adjusted. And then... You're backtracking in saying that, though, right? Because, like, that's not what you were initially. Sure. You made it seem like they were out of the pool. They're gone. Yeah, but they... It's... But mathematically, that still means that, like, 90% of the people in the dating pool can still mathematically just have, like, some really weird thing going on. Yeah. And then there's 10% of people that are well-adjusted, and they, like, aren't going to spend forever in the dating pool. Yeah. Okay. I'll give it to you. And then that – in with that working theory also, that might mean that you might be one of these well-adjusted people who's just dipping back into the dating pool after having been in a relationship for, like, seven years. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Um. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> but I guess you you were like you fit this very like I feel like you you're self-aware about like you're sort of like a manic pixie. You have some manic pixie qualities that you like to give off, right? Oh, like, fuck, <laughs> that's the meanest thing anyone's ever said no, to me. No, it's okay, not mean. Going. Wait, no, yeah, no, okay. no, 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 it's not mean. Yeah, okay. It's such a nice thing to say. Okay. Because any of the women who you're interested in are probably really attracted to that. The like Ooh, like I'm I'm an artist and like I'm I'm so self-aware mm-hmm. that I'm yeah. <laughs> like this Kirkland signature Bo Burnham thing. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get me one of those get me one of those yeah. non-branded Bo Burnhams, please. Yeah. Um No, and it was I mean it's been a lifelong fantasy for me to to go out with someone who's written a book. So at least you mm. <laughs> fulfilled that for me. Because mm. really, I guess that says something about me, which is I have always wanted to publish a book. And I really just – I'm seeking the qualities in other people that I wish I had in myself. It's kind of maybe not a good thing. I don't know. Well – Maybe I, I mean, should just be working on the thing. Well, I, I mean, desire. I don't, I don't not also associate, like, I don't also, I also feel like that though. Like, I, it took me 15 years to write a book. Like, it wasn't like I did it well or was good at, like, it wasn't something that came easy to me. And I think for a long time, for years and years, multi year periods here and there, I just didn't work on it. And in, and always gravitated towards people who seemed like they were putting out a vibe, like they were doing it. Mm. So, like, I don't think that I'm different from what you're describing. And I don't <laughs> think it's, like, 
improbable that you'll have a book when you're my age or whatever. Yeah. What did you, what was your first impression of me? I don't know. Can they actually be easily summarized? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> so it was a good first impression and I thought you were very pretty and I thought the conversation was very, very nice and that we both had this like sort of um, high strung energy that, that um, makes it a good conversation. Yeah. When two people, and then also you have this thing that like, let me just be honest and say that you're not the first girl who is then 10 years younger than me who like has this thing where you're like so plugged into the culture that you un that you understand all references from all eras. Ooh. And it's like so pleasant. Yeah. And it's like, because my weird uh, lifelong issue of having a sense of belonging and stuff, so much of it is about reference frame of reference and the first the thing i associate with the thing and how it's like truly in some sense like my buddy sebastian is the only person i ever really feel um 99 connected with because like sometimes both of us have the same chinese tv show reference on something or you know swedish whatever swedish rap music association with something or like there's just too many uh, weird um, – it's just too specific of a combination. Right. So the fact that I can get to like a really pleasant 85% understanding with like – because so much of me was scooped out and replaced with Americana. Mm. That like that was a I, – I remember just feeling like <laughs> – I got enough references. Yeah, it's nice that you that. know Phoebe Bridge. That you also like Phoebe Bridgers. Yeah, it was all Farb. Yeah, <laughs> Farb oh. for life. Oh God, Lucy doesn't get enough credit though. Yeah, and I'm mm -hmm. so excited to see her in. Oh yeah, one week. You're going to see Lucy no, Dacus two in weeks. one week. Yeah, two weeks. Oh wow! Oh. And you sort of invited me, and then uninvited me, and then... yeah, I uninvited you because I got the tickets before you broke up with me, and I was like, <laughs> I, I brought it up. I was like, yeah, I know that's a long time from now. Like, who knows what'll happen then? Y you mean you said who knows if we'll even be together then? Right. And then now you like have this specific. Um, martyr way of looking back on that and assuming that i was thinking the whole time that i knew i wasn't gonna calling me a <laughs> martyr <laughs> uh, yeah exactly yeah that's it um, right that's totally it but yeah no i invited my friend um, yeah mm -hmm. who also really likes lucy dacus so now so. i am a martyr yeah that's cool do you think Did there are still tickets oh yeah do you want to come i don't maybe i'll just be there okay Ticket for one. Yeah. All right. Maybe we should go eat. We didn't have the last water. Yeah. We're definitely going to have the last water. Okay. First. You almost forgot. No, I didn't. I didn't. So this is very cool. It's got the number 1895 on there. Artisanal sparkling blood orange. De France avec amour. Victor Grayer. But the brand is called Lorena. So it's like a sparkling blood orange lemonade. I have had this before. Yeah? And I'm a fan. Yeah, this is the tits, huh? Yeah, this is good. 
I would not call it a sparkling water. All right, let's smell it. ASMR. Oh, you hear those bubbles? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I posted a video on Facebook, and I wrote chess ASMR. And it was Magnus Carlsen whispering at Hikaru Nakamura, and no one else liked it except you. I was the only one who liked it. Yeah. It's exactly the intersection of, like, a couple of my favorite things. Yeah. Yeah, that is just so good. Mm. Oh, my God. Delicious. Mm. Sparkling juice. It's, um, no, but it's like, there is a European concept of lemonade. Like, it's just, you just don't really have, like, my grandmother don't, her concept, she doesn't have the modern concept of soda, which in Swedish is called lisk. Instead, my grandmother lived at a time where they did this thing where you had a big plastic crate at your house mm. and these small 33 centiliter glass bottles. And it's a system where you bring the same glass bottles into a place and then you buy a new thing. So there's a deposit for the bottle and then they give you lemonade is what she calls it. But it's really like a couple of them in there are cola. So lem- lemonade, what she calls lemonade, is like something which where there's a subtype of it, which is Coca-Cola. Yeah. So this really, it's really like an old-timey European um, delicious beverage that's a little bit different than the American soda take. Because this isn't totally unlike Sprite, right? Hmm. Blood orange Sprite. It's a little bit like a blood orange Sprite. But it's just so fresh and well-made. Yeah. Ooh. Refreshing. Yeah. Really good. So that's a 9 out of 10. I'm going to call it sparkling water. Okay. Because this is like 10% juice, 90% water. For sure. No. Do you understand how tart blood orange juice is? Like, Mm -hmm. if this was any more than that, it would be a real face crinkler. Okay. 9.3 9.3 out of 10. 9.3 out of 10. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, can I thank you yeah. for inviting me on today mm-hmm. and just overall being a fun, funny person. Thanks for making me laugh so much. Thanks for the like fun conversations that we've had. And I hope that there are many more. And mm. I just want the world and your friends and your listeners to know that I'm I'm grateful you exist. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. I'm grateful that you exist and I I think we both have so much fun together and it's Yeah, I'm really bad at giving compliments, but I No, it's really, you don't you don't have to Yeah. No. It's but, raining now. It's now pouring all of a sudden. Ooh. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks. We got to go get some food. Can we please eat something? Yeah. Thank you for listening, everyone. 